Hello and welcome to the One Trust Talks Tech Podcast. This is episode number 24, recorded on December 11th, 2023. My name is Roger Dean and I work on the product team here at One Trust and I'm the host of this podcast. In today's episode, we're going to look at some cool new updates that we've been working on for the developer portal. Josue Negron is going to join the podcast to go through what is going on specifically around REST API documentation. As always, just a quick reminder that this podcast reflects OneTrust's current expectations for product capabilities. Be advised that dates and features may be subject to change and should not be relied upon when making purchasing decisions. All right, so now we're going to jump into the main topic. Uh, Josue Negron from my team is on, and he's going to talk about the developer portal. So welcome to the podcast, Josue. Thanks for having me, Roger. Thanks thanks for getting back on. We did this a while ago, but I know a lot's happening. So why don't you just talk a little bit about some of the great projects that you're working on to enhance the developer portal and make it, make it more usable for our customers? Yeah, so I think the last time we were on, um, or the last time I talked about this, was when we kind of switched vendors from one vendor over into the new one, and it kind of enhanced the UI and the usability as a whole. Uh, but now we are starting to focus on enhancing the actual documentation of the API. So it's not so really things- the platform, it's more just like what's the actual content? Yes. Yeah. So all of the API documentation is hosted on or is generated from an API specification or a spec, normally in YAML or JSON format. Uh, so one of the things that we're kind of slowly working on is working with our development team to migrate from Swagger 2.0 uh, over into OpenAPI version 3. And so that's kind of migrating from our current YAML files over into the standardized JSON format. Um, and from a developer portal standpoint, that's gonna bring a few user enhancements where typically whenever you're looking at the sample code, it's gonna say customer.my.onetrust.com. Yep. Um, and it does get confusing when customers copy that code from the SDK generator and paste it in lo and behold, like their host name's wrong. Uh, so one of the things that you'll be able to do once we migrate to version three is type in a host name for the host name, the OneTrust host name you're using, like app.onetrust.com. And then every time you come to the developer portal, all of the APIs will have that host name built in. You can change it. Um, but that way, when you copy a sample code and if you put in sample values, whenever you copy the code, it's going to work Nice. Whether you're, you know, posting nice. that into so terminal, so you would you would enter you. in your actual environment URL in into the developer portal, and then the example that you see that you can copy paste into either a, a developer environment or whatever that would actually then reflect the actual URL of the of the environment and would work. Yep, absolutely. That's cool. Um, so I know I think one of the other benefits of moving to OpenAPI three is instead of that that source code as it were the YAML file or, or JSON file will be generated from the code itself as opposed to the developer actually going in and kind of writing them. So is that true? And that and what's the benefit of that? Yeah, so on on the back end from OneTrust perspective, we are migrating libraries, which is going to force the developers to kind of annotate the code, annotate the document that like REST controllers, the APIs on the back end. Um, and have it code generated. So the main benefit there is there's not going to be any human error. Uh, so when you go into an API and you say like, what are the required parameters? I know in the past when you look at the community, um, some folks get confused because they're like, I'm trying to call this API. I'm providing all the required information, but it I'm getting work. errors. Yeah, and it's because one of the parameters weren't marked as required. Um, and so that's what we're going to move away from. It's uh, hand generated code or 
hand generated specifications and moving towards code generated API specifications. So whatever's in the code will be in the document. So there won't be any typos, there won't be any you know, not required mar attributes marked as not required and things like that. It'll just, it, it'll be based on what's in the code. So the documentation and the portal and the examples will all be exactly what's needed to make it work. Yep, and then the other thing that a lot of people don't really think about that I can completely value because I was hand doing this reverse engineering things to create the the drop down list, right? Yeah. So enum on the back end whenever there's a certain things to select from. So you know, assessments, vendors, templates, like those types of keywords, that's all going to be code generated. So anything that is supported by the back end will be shown that, in the UI. That's probably my biggest um, pet peeve from a REST API perspective. It says enter this value and it's got to be one of five specific ones, but the documentation doesn't tell you what those five are. So you got to guess, yeah. like you got to try them and try them and try them until you find the one that it actually is. So now, now what you're saying is that'll actually be in there in the, in the dropdown and you'll be able to see exactly what the five values are. Exactly. Nice. And yeah. so we, we have um, some already converted uh, in the developer portal today. So if you wanted to take a look at what that actually looks like, uh, data discovery worker node uh, APIs, those are on version three, as well as consent receipts. Oh, cool. Uh, so privacy cloud consent receipts are also on version three So we've already. started the process. It's just going to take a while to get through all the 500 some odd APIs we've got. Yes, yeah. close to 500 now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, cool. That's I can't wait for that. I know we've been talking about it for a long time, so I'm glad to see it's underway. Um, and and I know you and Marianne and Barbara on the tech writing team have been working on several things, including the descriptions and some other things. What What's going on with all that? Yeah, so this is even higher level uh, just from the documentation. And when you first go into the developer portal, uh, being able to quickly find what you're looking for. We do have global search capability within the developer portal. But when you start looking at the clouds and then the names of the APIs um, and how they're structured and categorized, uh, we're going through the process of redoing that. And so on a technical term, we're updating the tags and summaries. Um, on the non-technical side, it's basically the folder structure. So you see like the level one heading, the cloud category, you see folders. Um, so those folders are going to be your tags mm -hmm. and how they're grouped. Um, and then each API's name is the summary. And so some of the names like under consent receipt were like a sentence long. And so it was really hard to navigate and scroll through. And so basically what we did was go through and rename and standardize all of the um, the summaries or the, the API's names uh, to have repeatable action names. So let's say you're trying to update, modify, get, delete, or even on some niche use cases like an assessment, it's like submit assessment, approve, um, things like that. So it's going to look a lot cleaner. It's going to be reorganized. Um, and consistent, and right? I mean, consistent. the way it was before is each module team did their summaries and they weren't always consistent with the next module team. So you might have it one way on one team and one way in another. So now you've got through and looked at all of them. And now they're all going to be consistent. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. And then the other project is updating the API description. Uh, so starting from a technical side, uh, we talked about the developers, you know, and all of the API specs being code generated. One of the things that Will, will be handled by the tech writing team specifically is everything that describes the API. So the introductory 
information for the API or the API's description. Um, and so instead of having that code generated, everything under the description will be code generated. We will strip out the description and then the tech writing team is going to standardize what you see at the very top. At the very top, basically it's gonna say, use this API to, and then describe what the API does, as well as there, there will be a block for things to know, which will give you additional contextual information on what you should know to be successful in using that API. Okay, makes sense. So tell me what the process for this was like. It wasn't just like looking at a text file. You guys went in and almost went through one by one and just tested each API to actually see what it did, didn't you? Yeah, so that's where it gets interesting because uh, not any one person is is an expert on all of the APIs. Right. And so some of us have better background on certain modules. Uh, but at the end of the day, we would actually have like code review uh, or like just API review meetings where right. we would all hop on a call, just play around with the API, go back into the OneTrust application to see how things are named, how things function in the console, and then go back to the API to see how it functions there so that we can actually write a description that is going to be helpful to an end user who has never used the API before. Right, right. Um, and so, yes, it's been a very interesting exercise to go through and kind of have a deeper dive into all of our APIs yeah. to be able to generate these descriptions. It wasn't just like a copy-paste or just a simple cursory thing. I mean, you and Marianne and Barbara on the tech writing team just went through and like w looked at every single API at, at how it worked and what it was supposed to do compared to what happened in the console. And uh, and create, came up with a, I guess not to say anything bad about the developers, but a very human readable uh, description or summary so that common people who aren't familiar with the code can understand exactly what that API is going to do. So that that's really cool. Um, and and so where are we with that process? So we started with a uh, the privacy cloud, and so consent and preference management are the ones that we're working through. Um, I believe about half of the tags, so those folder structures, yeah. um, have been completed. And so it's a slow process since we do have to do a lot of research uh, for each of the APIs, and there's close to 500 APIs now. I think we're at like 440 um, officially. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an ongoing effort to update the descriptions. Yeah, I bet. And the summaries themselves, though, you've, we're, we're pretty much getting done with that, and we'll be pushing that out soon, right? Yep, we'll be pushing that out early next year. Um, we already have it fully deployed in a internal test branch. We're just getting all of our R&D folks a chance to review all of the changes uh, to see if there's any additional feedback. But all the work from our team has been completed, and that. I think we're targeting winter release in February for that to actually go live in the in the developer portal. So that's correct. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. Um, Okay, amazing work you guys have done. I really appreciate all that hard work. I know it's not easy, and, and the, the detail that you've gone through to get all that done is amazing. So I really appreciate that. Um, what else is in there? I know that recipes are a big thing. Maybe talk a little bit about them and maybe a couple, any new recipes. You probably had no time to do recipes because you've been working on all the other stuff, right? Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, the, the recipes that I have worked on um, did not get approved for to be released to the public. And so oh, okay. at least, uh, they were they were deployed internally for our our like PSO teams and consulting and sales teams to to leverage with customers. Um, so no new recipes okay. uh, in the past couple of weeks. Uh, but recipes are pretty much um, 
if you have a common use case that you want to achieve as a company, leveraging APIs, you can go over to the recipe section to see how those API calls are strung together um, with instructions on the side to guide you how to leverage each of those APIs. Uh, so most of the recipes will contain anywhere from like three to eight API calls, um, but it they all achieve a common goal, whether that's migrating data subject profiles or uh, creating your own custom preference center UI. Um, there, there's a lot of very common uh, use cases as well as very niche use cases okay. covered uh, within the recipes. Okay. And I guess for people who aren't familiar with APIs, there's usually not one API to do what you just said. It's going to be a combination of you've got to call this to get this piece of information. Then you take that piece of information, you call another one to get some a couple other things. And then ultimately you can call two or three to build everything out. So it's the, the way APIs work with every company I've ever seen and, and used is like, it's not just one API to do something. It's combining two, three, four, five, ten APIs together um, to actually accomplish a task. And so those recipes are are centered around accomplishing a task, not necessarily just doing one teeny little thing. So um, they're very, very helpful. They're very useful. There's instructions about what you get from a certain call and where you put it into the next call and, and how all that works. So um, they're really cool. And I just also want to say that if you have never used an API before, uh, it's really a very, very powerful tool that OneTrust offers um, as part of your subscription. So you can have access to the APIs and use whatever API you have, uh, whatever product you have a subscription to, you can use those APIs associated with that product. Um, and it's uh, it's a really cool way and very powerful way to use the tool outside of just logging into the admin console. Um, so, Josue, anything else like coming down the pipe as far as, well, I guess the big thing is the, the conversion to OpenAPI v3. Any other things you're working on with respect to the to the portal immediately? Um, yes and no. I guess overall, some of the things that we are just looking at is just enhancing the end user experience. And so we continuously look at things like um, the one, one of the things that I'm working on right now is how to make use of all the white space on in your portal and so instead of only seeing a little bit of the nav a little bit of the sample and then a little bit of the the content in the middle of the screen when looking at documentation or the api reference is how can we make it responsive to take up the entire screen mm. because most developers don't really care about the white space on the side to make it look modern and fresh they care about being able to see as much of this as much as of the documentation as possible right um so you look at things like confluence is something i use every day um how you're able to kind of move the side nav to mm -hmm. however big you want or when you're creating pages you can make it as big or small as you want um but just making it more developer friendly got it and so there's a lot of things visually with the developer portal that we're playing around with getting feedback internally um and we'll be pushing out soon cool awesome well, listen, thanks a lot. So, thanks so much for all the work you and the, and the tech writers are doing on this. I know it makes a huge difference. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks to Josue and all the work that he and Marianne and Barbara did on the tech writing team to get all that work done. Uh, remember, if you have any comments, questions, feedback, or requests, please email us at podcast at uh, With that, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. <laughs>